tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Helios Road has just always been a whale shark. Just a gentle giant cruising around, doing its own thing. This is a proper um, whiskey porn, talking about the shape of a bottle. You just scratch Henry Hellier and then give him a sniff. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, Nicholas. Good evening, Teddy Boy. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm all right. I'm not 100%. Not 100%? No, I've just got this little ulcer on my tongue. Like, it's um, it's not really causing me too much pain, but I can I can feel it there, and it's actually causing my words to slur slightly. So I'm um, just putting it out there for those listeners. If you think I sound drunk to start with, it's it's, it's possibly not the case. It's just the little, little bump on my tongue causing me the... My words occasionally. Yeah, so, solid medical update there. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, but don't, don't worry, know, there'll be there'll be plenty of time for the actual getting drunk later. Oh, you know what though? Worse worse than the um than uh slurring your words. Mm. It's when you take a sip. That's gonna sting. Well, I'm hoping it's gonna numb numb the pain, and then I'll ah. be back to normal for the rest of the night. So find me some car strength, and we'll get started. Yeah, that's that's what I use whiskey for. Yeah, basically <laughs> medicinal Num- purposes. Numb the pain. <laughs> The emotional pain. Uh, yes, inverted commas around medicinal purposes. And uh, I should say, welcome along to the Whiskey Waffle Podcast, episode number 59. Uh, it's good Holy to be back in the... Holy hell, 59. Man, you know, we always forget to say who we are. We're, t- we're terrible podcasters. Mm. Being Whiskey Waffle, we actually could like waffle through the entire uh, intro. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess like the 59th minute of the podcast, like, oh yeah, and we were Whiskey Waffle. <laughs> hey guys! Yeah, in case you were wondering for the last 58 and a half minutes who we were. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Hey, yes, we are Whiskey Waffle, and we are two tipsy tazzy lads who like to ramble. No, we don't ramble about rum. We uh, waffle about whiskey. Mm. We gabble about gin. No, we don't do that either. Yeah. Hey. Anyway, uh, en- enough enough of rambling. <laughs> seeing as seeing as you are uh, told me to be succinct this episode. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So, um, travel news. Oh, yes. Um, so I was out and about traveling this week and I was lucky enough to be able to fly to Flinders Island and King Islands. You've done a bit of island hopping, Teddy Boy. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. make it to Jura? No, uh. no, no. That was that was just that little bit too far and we're yeah. still dubious about the whiskey. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't actually manage to go into any distilleries, but on Flinders... I walked into the pub, not the tav. There's two options on. Yeah, there's there's two options. The tav the tav is down in Lady Baron, um, but the pub is in Whitemark. Don't get them mixed up. The mm-hmm. locals get angry. Walked into the pub, and who do I see? But Tom from Ferno Distillery. Ah, Tom, that plays a very strong hat game. He has intense hat game. Mm, yeah. He was wearing his uh, orange beanie number. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we I walked in. We locked eyes. Through the crowded bar, yep. <laughs> all five of them. <laughs> um, all five of the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what happens on Flinders Island? Yeah, yeah. No, he he's an import. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's just got these goggly eyes glued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's always just been a bit weird. <laughs> um. Yes. Anyway, we 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 locked eyes and we we, we actually kind of did like the Spider Man point. All oh, right, nice. at each other. Yeah. Um, and then there was some upside down kissing. <laughs> it was a great night. Yeah. I don't really remember much of it though. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we we caught up and had a um, good chat together. Any uh, uh, Ferno gossip? Yeah, Ferno gossip. So they are currently partway through building their new distillery. I actually saw a picture of it. Oh, well, it, I mean that's progress, isn't it? It was it was There's from very picture. far away, and I had to zoom in quite a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have any walls okay. or, or a roof. No, but it's got a floor. It does have a floor. It's got a slab, and it's got these uh, big timber um, beams erected. Hey, hey, hey! 
So, yeah, that, that's exciting. It's going up. I like it! 15 minutes, I think, north of Whitemark. Then, yeah, we, we had a chat about the whiskey as well. So they've got a new release coming out. Um, yeah, and Tom was quite uh, quite complimentary about it. Oh, yes. Is that his own product? Yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, come in come in first thing in the morning and you can have a breakfast dram. Breakfast like, oh, dram. damn it. I'm just not going to be able to quite make it in. So mm. haven't actually tried it, but based on the first one, yep. should be quite good. Yeah, nice one. Oh, exciting times. Well, um... Uh, we've also got some other exciting news that we're going to dash through, and I think we'll uh, we'll start with a new iTunes review. A new iTunes review, yes, and indeed. not just any iTunes review, an entertaining one. They're the best sort. So this one is five stars. Excellent. They're the Excellent. Best. Not only is it entertaining, but it's also accurate. Yes. Anyway, continue. It is from a very normally named person called mm. Da Smack Daddy, <laughs> and uh, it says, "Just imagine his mother at birth, oh, little Da Smack Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> the title of it is. Wish I found your podcast sooner, five exclamation marks. No, wait, six exclamation marks. Better still. Better still. Such a great podcast. Spelt right too. Ah, nice one. Very funny as well as being informative. But I wish I never found your podcast. What? What? Because of one word. Sheen. <laughs> Elixir of life. Which I think is actually technically four words. <laughs> but... I listened back out of order to you speaking about Sheen, and it sounded amazing. I need to try this. <laughs> and I go to try buy some. No luck. Mm. Then in another podcast, I hear you tell me about luck buying Sheen. So I go looking again. No luck. But I find a website called Horny Pony. Um, what you get up to in your spare time. <laughs> yeah. Just make- I, I can actually confirm. I have come across this website before, and I can confirm... That it was a really weird time. Mm. No, no. <laughs> okay. no, no. They they actually do uh, sell alcohols. All right. And I was able to buy five by thirty mil samples of Sheen Elixir of Life, <laughs> and damn, it's amazing. Thirty mil samples. It reminds me of Corowa Dreaded Drop Two, but without the light smoke. I heard you guys mention that the man behind Sheen made some rela- releases of. Car- uh, yeah. Sorry, it should be Callington Mill, but it's Carrington Mill. Carrington yeah. Mill, yeah. And that is the way to taste Sheen without owning Sheen. What is this bottle? Um. Well, yeah, the, I mean, there's a there's a long-held relationship between Callington Mill and Sheen. There was almost like a sort of divorce when Lark took over uh, yeah. Sheen. Half the staff went off to Callington, half the staff uh, melded with Lark. Yeah, uh, in terms of the management, um, a lot of those guys... Um, Callington Mill management as well. I've currently got a bottle called Sherry Fusion, which is one of the early Callington Mill releases, mm. um, which is probably the closest you're going to get to the um, oh. beautiful drop. But thanks again, guys. Keep it up. I love learning. But I will never buy anything the House of Lark makes. I would rather spend my money on other Aussie distilleries' whiskey. Oh, man. Gosh, what have we done? We're, um, we're influenced. Oh, gosh. Lark are never going to speak to us again after we've influenced yeah. people this way. Um, uh, well, you know. Dust Smack Daddy. Thank you. Yeah, the Smack Daddy. Um, I mean, everyone out there, make up your own minds. Try stuff in bars and see what you like. But um, I, I love the fact that people are still looking out for Sheen because um, we raise it <laughs> so highly. We, we've created a cult. 
whiskey really oh we've we've created a death cult though because My, like uh, doomsday cult yeah doomsday cult lord walden has uh has spent more than a pretty penny on uh <laughs> elixirs of life over time and one of our other patreons um spotted some in a bottle shop didn't they? yeah yeah <laughs> we um that was a bit of a funny night because they uh they told us about it and we happened to be out on a bit of a drunken um <laughs> A drunken jaunt that night, and we got very excited and said that, "Oh my God, we're going to buy all the bottles." And then they said, "Oh, I'll, I'll go find out for you." And they they actually went and found out like whether whether we could secure all the bottles from yeah. Queensland, no less. And then we were like, "Oh God, we were being a bit drunk and silly that night." <laughs> well, we do have a few bottles stashed away, you and yeah. I, Ted. So maybe just Mac Daddy can get in touch with our Patreon, and we can. Uh, Hook something up. Yeah. The Smack Daddy might be from Queensland. You never know. Mm-hmm. It's a Queensland sounding name. Indeed. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. But <laughs> uh, Anyway, speaking of Patreons, we got a new one. We do. Yes. Exciting times. And it's time to induct yes. um, our new official waffler. We induct you. As an official waffler. To pontificate purposely. And verbalize verbosely. Jake Cambridge. Jake. 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 Jakey, Jake. 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 Nice. Welcome aboard, Jake. So I, I asked Jake where up to in journey. Um, I put myself closer to the booze-filled wobbly steps side of things. <laughs> all started with the, the baby oh so, giraffe. Yeah. All started with the oh so incredible Ligerville on sixteen a few years ago. Of course, mm, we've all been there. I've just recently started getting into the Tassie stuff, and I'm loving the over import cask at the moment. As as you would. Got to think of good smash session saver, and FYI. My cat absolutely goes crazy when the gong goes off, which I think is our... Uh, yeah, it's the end of the credits, and yeah, yeah. I use it as one of the transitions. So <laughs> I'm going to put that in every transition this episode now, Jake, just yeah. for your cat. <laughs> we dedicate this episode. This episode goes out to Jake's cat. Another character has entered the uh, Whiskey Waffle Pantheon <laughs> al- al- alongside uh, the Carrier Pigeon mm. and Tea Trout. Yep. There is now Jake's cat. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, um, actually, also speaking of Patreons, there's another I want to throw a shout out to, um, our good tasting panelist, Uhtred the Saxon. Mm. Did you know that Uhtred has a whiskey podcast, Ted? Look, I may have heard rumour, and when yeah. you first showed it to me, <laughs> I was blown away. I, I played the trailer on a drive. We were going somewhere, and Ted was like, what is this? <laughs> um, and then it became clear. It's like, wait, I know that voice. That's Uhtred the Saxon. So um, Utrecht or Tim, as he's known to his friends, um, has a podcast that he's just started a few weeks back called Whiskey Bulldogs. Now, so it's all about English whiskeys at ten. Yeah, no, it's it's about the most niche podcast you could ever think of. <laughs> like if you think of a Venn diagram, um, one circle is single malt whiskey fans, the other circle is uh, Western Bulldogs AFL fans, and then you slightly, slightly, teensy tiny overlap that circle a little bit in the middle, um, just just Utrecht in the middle of that Venn diagram. But yes, this is a podcast for <laughs> AFL and single malt whiskey fans to to listen to a review of the um, weekly Western Bulldogs match um, and general goings on in the AFL. I imagine I, I don't know. I don't really speak AFL, so I can't uh, confirm one way or another. Um, all the while, whilst having a whiskey and chatting about that as well. If you want, if you want to know what it sounds like. Here is a very short snippet of audio. Anything stronger, I think, may subtract some of the experience and make the giraffes cry, and you wouldn't want that. Uh, Anyway, we've been talking a lot about our Patreons, so quite a few of our Patreons will be receiving a dram coming up this month, our review whiskey. Um, And it is the topic of this episode. I think this intro has been waffling on long enough, so it's time that we got started 
talking all about our local distillery icon. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, let's talk about Helly's Road. Shall we cue the music? Shall we get things rolling? Cue the music. You start this one. Oh, God, I've forgotten again. (laughs) It's the pressure in the moment. (laughs) The Waffle. So back on episode 26, we did an episode called Helios Road in the Bloodstream, where we chatted with Mark Littler. Mm. Um, And we were actually chatting with Mark towards the end of his time at... Helios Road Distillery. Not so the Mark- end of his life. Let's just be clear <laughs> no, about the end of his life. <laughs> I'm a very old man now, <laughs> and I'm about to go, but I need to pass on the secrets of the whiskey to you boys. <laughs> well, you did pass on a few secrets. It's one of my proudest interviews, actually. But um, yeah, that was that was at the end of a certain chapter for Helios Road, and the last, I guess, four or five years have been the start of a new chapter. Uh, or a, a series of mini chapters that have all sort of. Uh, I would call it ticking something along. like the um, the interregnum. You would because you are a wanker. But yes. uh, <laughs> it's, it's been it's been a bit of a sort of. There's been kings coming and going, knights riding around the land on quests. Uh, the the kingdom has been in a, a small amount of chaos. Yeah, indeed, it's it's not been necessarily smooth sailing. But the reason we're talking about Helios Road today is because we hold in our in our hot little hands, they're very attractive, our hands, um, a new fangled bottle that does happen to say Helios Road on it, and yet looks nothing like any Helios Road bottle we've ever seen because they've recently rebranded. They have. Now, we first sort of saw the start of this a couple of years ago when they did... They made the sherry tube red, oh, and the uh, select cast like this funny bluey grey colour. Yeah, what an what an absolutely extraordinary piece of rebranding that yes. was. <laughs> they changed the colour of the tins. Um, but Kit, their marketing manager, mm-hmm. told us at that time that that was only a halfway step towards something new and exciting. You know who, who Kit, um, their marketing manager, would get on really well with? Who? Jake's cat. <laughs> I'm bringing back Jake's cat already. This is yeah. this is a good good new invention. Anyway, so yeah, they have been wanting to, I guess, seriously change things up, um, modernize. Mm. I think is a very um is is not an unfair statement. The Helly's Road branding, I, I've never I've never been against, but I can understand how it doesn't fit with the, I guess, the expectation of what a modern Tasmania whiskey bottle looks like. Yeah, it's 2023 now. We we're expecting different things. It- well, it's almost like when they started, there was no expectations. Mm. Um, they stuck them in sort of wine bottle sort of shapes because you know why why not? Um, well, that that's that's what the dairy farmers who started the brand wanted. Yeah, yeah. So that's the sort of thing they did. But since then, there's been a bit of a I guess people falling into line, a sort of conformity that has come along, and there's a market that's developed, mm. and now the market can dictate what is premium and what is not. Indeed, and this bottle may we say looks premium. Yeah, it looks schmick. It's muddy fine. It's it doesn't attra- attractive looking bottle. Look anything like anything we've seen be- from Helly's Road before. No, I'd say they've knocked off probably about a third of the height. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it means it's a little bit wider, um, but it has curves. Mm. 
My favourite, my favourite part. I mean, this is this is proper um, whiskey porn. People out there talking about the shape of a bottle. Um, go and look it up. It's an attractive bottle. But my favourite part, and this is getting some level of detail now, is like the fastener, um, the cork, the the lid. Um, I love the fact they've got this bit of um, tape or paper stuck over the top that you have to break when you mm. open it for the first time. And they've got the new logo on the top as well. Anyway, so there's a, there's been a lot of rebranding going on, and it's not just the the bottle shape. Um, and the actual sticker on the front that they've changed. They've changed their core range as well. Mm. Um, at least this is their first effort at a, at a core range. And I'm just going to put it out there at the very start. This is not going to be a, a, a rehash of an episode a couple of episodes ago where we discussed the new Lark core range. And then sunk our boot into them immediately did, afterwards. It became very philosophical and very, um, I, I guess it was quite a, quite a harsh criticism. But there's been so much calculation and thought gone into where lark ended up whereas this heli's road seems like a uh, almost like this is the the start of something and it's going to evolve and change in the next few years yeah well i don't think we're far enough into this process to necessarily decide whether we do or don't like Hellier's new philosophy and no. brand and no, all, everything gonna, about it and it's gonna be a long time before the actual any of the new spirit creation um even finds its way into a bottle we're still drinking what was distilled by mark back in yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hilly's Road has been going on for years and years. They they were uh, founded what nineteen ninety seven, and some of the oldest. We're still drinking whiskey from two thousand and three. Mm. Some of their actual newest releases is actually stuff that was distilled in two thousand and three. That's so. twenty years ago. Mm. Yeah, although some of it was distilled in two thousand and three, and they bottled it like two years ago. But um, haven't quite got it ready to release yet, so some of their um, anniversary releases are only eighteen years old. Um, only eighteen years old. Only right? eighteen. <laughs> that's that's the incredible thing. Hellier's has had the stock to support some really old releases. It, you know, they were the, pretty sure the first Tasmanian whiskey brand to stick a number on a bottle. Mm. It was a. Uh, one three hundred, Ellie's Road. <laughs> Call me now. <laughs> Winky face. Um, yeah. No, the ten-year-old that came out. Well, ten years ago, I suppose. Yes. So Ellie's Road, uh, new core range. So their their previous range included um, such gems as the original, the original hmm. Pinot, yeah, the Pinot finish, yes. Pinot finish. Sorry, and th- yes. that is a very important distinction that mm. we will get back to. Yes, the ten-year-old was there for a while. The twelve-year-old was there for a while, then yeah. went away. They they had their lightly peated and peated yes. editions. Yeah, so they also had a few fifteen-year-old, um, but like fifteen-year-old lightly peated or slightly peated, I believe it was called. Yeah. Um, and they've also had this thing called the Twin Oak. Um, so an attempt at blending uh, two distinct styles, and they've also done a sherry release, but that was quite recent. Um, but anyway, all that's gone. Yes, it's gone. It's it out is, the door. It is out the door. We yep. we actually heard that people are complaining to them because they're going to Dan's to find or find their favourites, find their favourites, and they're not there. No, damn it! And they they ring up. It's like, where is my whiskey? And they're like, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, buddy, because it's all gone. Mm. And instead, they've been replaced with well. Sort of four bottlings, but um, really only three that you can get your hands on at the moment. But there'll be extensions to this range. But yes. I think all we can talk about is what we tried. Uh, actually, McCulley and I were at Hillers Road today. Yeah, it's it's actually funny. We were not meant to be doing Hellier's Road for this episode. We were meant to be doing another uh, distillery, yeah, which is very far from Hellier's Road. Very far, but you might find out next month, I reckon. Yes. Um, but because we took a random trip up to Hellier's Road... And try this new stuff, we got inspired and 
got into this. So the first one that we need to talk about is the one that we're trying tonight and that our Patreons will be getting a dram of. We won't yeah. talk too much about this one because no, we're, we're going, going to, to be re- detail later. reviewing. But this is the double cask and it's American oak and French oak finish. We'll tell you more about that later. So let's yeah. let's put that aside for yeah. now and come back to it. So the next up in the order is the seven-year-old sherry cask, which is basically just the the existing sherry seven-year-old sherry cask. The one in the red tin? Put into a fancy new bottle. Yeah, and I certainly don't mind that. It's very not heliotrody. It's interesting. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's brighter. It's it's really vibrant. It's mm. got all these it's high certainly notes. got a bit of oak to it. I think I think at the moment it's possibly still a little hot. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one because we actually um, we've reviewed the previous iteration and the red tin version mm. back on episode forty four. So if anyone wants to go back and listen to episode forty four, you can find mm. out exactly what we we thought about that one. But well, let's talk about the the mystery whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> so the next the next one in the range is the Journeyman. Now that one's been delayed due to some um, production delays, unfortunately, but it will be coming very soon. We've been told so. Mm-hmm. We did get to try it though. We did get to try it. Yeah, and um, it's, it's a bitzer. It's it's almost like they've taken the twin oak, which had some triple distilled product, some younger poor cask for this sort of vibrant flavour, uh, and some of their select casks as well, which is the green tin, mm. and they've sort of combined all these flavours together, which um. You know, a lot of the stock that's still in barrels that could have been in future released as a twin oak has now probably been redirected to the journeyman. So you're saying it's like there was a blue tin, yeah. and I think there's probably a purple tin in there, <laughs> and and a green tin. Mm. Is it is this whiskey rangers? <laughs> have they have they, they turned in this this into whiskey zord? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're just taking a, a leaf out of Johnny Walker's book. Yeah. No, they blend it all together, so now the tins are all brown, Ted. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Which is true, actually. Um, the cardboard tubes, anyway. Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it was it was my least favourite was the Journeyman. Yeah, I, I found it... I, my tasting note was a um, a bag of mixed lollies. Mm. Although, as Nicholas asked me, uh, what, including the black cats? And I said, no, not including <laughs> the black cats. Jake, I don't know what colour your cat is. No. <laughs> but it d- was not included in the bag. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because they go up from like 120 for the double cask, 140 for the sherry, 160 for the journeyman. Yeah, so the next one should then theoretically be about 200 bucks, right? Yeah, like if you're following a linear sort of progression, uh, you think so, but no, no. No? Um, a little bit higher than that. <laughs> how much higher? You listeners at home, guess how much you think the next level up is. The next one up is called The Voyager, and it goes for... Six hundred and fifty dollars. Six hundred and fifty dollars. It's it's actually hard to even fathom. Like you've got oh, these are our new releases. They're all around this hundred and twenty to hundred and sixty range, except for this one. That's six hundred and fifty. <laughs> like six hundred fifty is a lot of money. A lot of money. Not many not many people charge that for a whiskey unless you're lark and you're overpriced. Yeah. But is- it is it is a special whiskey and we did get to try it. Um so it's a nineteen year old. And that's the key here. It's mm. a 19-year-old. There's not much Tasmanian whiskey around the place that's 19 mm. years. And it's not just that. It's a special cask as well because it spent 16 years in American Oak and then it was transferred for the final three years of its life into what we suspect was a Frogmore um, mince, mince pie. pie Jew barrel. Yeah. But that barrel has been used again for brandy and so it was essentially transferred into an ex-brandy cask for another three years and finished in that. And um, you do get that out of it. Mm. There's a there's a there's a brandy night in there. I can't I can't really describe it as anything else. There's heaps of caramel as well. Mm. 
Yeah, it's not sweet. Not in a like, Christmas cask sort of way. It's nowhere near that. Yeah, so did we buy any Ted of the uh of the of the Voyager? We bought three bottles <laughs> each. <laughs> uh, no, we did not buy any. No, we um I don't like it's been available in the cellar door for a week and I don't think they've sold one through the cellar door just yet, but uh, I mean there is a market out there for that sort of product. Obviously because someone's buying the Lark Para. Yeah. But um it's not us. It it, it does make a more interesting prospect though that if I was a Lark Para buyer, mm. I'm not sure that I would have bought a $600 Hellier's Road 19-year-old mm. in the old branding. Ah. But in this new, sexy, fun, funky uh, branding, <laughs> I might be tempted, actually, because it looks it looks the business. Mm. Now, I've only got one thought to make on this new packaging. I think the new packaging for this range, like the Double Cask, the Sherry, the Journeyman, like... It's it's absolutely spot on. I think the Voyager needs to come in a fancy box. Yeah. Not a cardboard tube. Yep, hundred percent. If you're gonna charge six hundred bucks for a bottle of whiskey, you yep. bloody want well want a uh, fancy tube. Like go go have a look in local bottle shop. Mm-hmm. Go look at the Scottish ones mm. that are about the Glenfiddich Glen twenty five year old. Yeah. Look at look at ones that are in the five hundred to a thousand dollar range. Mm-hmm. And they guaranteed will all have a bloody fancy box. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some sort of velvet cushiony box that you mm. press the thing into, and yeah, like I think if you're going to charge that much for whiskey, then y- you need the package to go with it. And to be fair, it was delicious. Like it was a really tasty whiskey. I actually think like they charge forty five dollars for a thirty mil nip of it in the cellador. Mm. Considering like the price of the bottle, that's actually quite good value. Like no one wants to spend. $45 regularly on a dram, but it's, it's a really good way of trying it. So I really recommend all you guys out there, come into Hellers Road if you can, if you're nearby in Tassie, give it a taste and make up your own mind. Yeah. The other the other thing that we uh, found out, which we, we had known about before, but it's interesting to see that they're really leaning into it, is that their whiskey cream is going to become a bigger and bigger part of the business. They're actually building a new, hoping to build a new whiskey cream plant. Mm. That's that's how much they believe in the product. Yeah, and for a lot of our listeners out there, you're probably like whiskey cream, pff, don't care about that. But we were in there for I guess you know an hour, an hour and a half this afternoon, and in the time we were there, I saw about four, five, six bottles of whiskey cream walk out the door, and I'm not sure I saw any other whiskey walk out the door. Nope. Apart from the one that we held. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So for the for the non whiskey person, that w- whiskey cream is. Uh, such a it's almost a gateway like it's just it's just a way of appreciating it and um yeah in, for for what it is it's good like i i don't i wouldn't go to it straight away but i've i've it's been a few nights where i've tried it at the end of a whiskey drinking night i was like this stuff is good <laughs> yeah and it's i suppose it's it's selling point is what we've been told apparently it's it's like the only whiskey cream in the world that actually uses real fresh cream yeah yeah Exactly. And because of this close association with the dairy farmers and, and Hellers Road, that's always made sense. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's going to keep the lights on for a long time. Long-time lovers of the Hellers brand will be sad to hear that the dog is no more. Mm. They've had to the take dog it has out been the back. Put down. The man is still there, but he is, he is no longer... Got his head down. No, he's been looking pushed depressed. to the side, yeah. He's been pushed to the side, but he's he's now got a much more sort of erect uh, 
he's gazing. <laughs> where, are you, where are you going with this, Ted? <laughs> you know, you he's know standing right. upright. <laughs> he's standing upright, and he's he's gazing gazing more resolutely into the distance. And there, another another thing that just as an aside that really interests me, and it shows where branding is moving. I think probably more broadly in Australia, really, it's 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 a much more national conversation on it compared to when these guys first started putting out stuff, which would have been about 2007-ish, maybe. When I read the back of the tube, so the first whole paragraph was paying respect to the local Aboriginal people of the area and then more broadly to the um, the Tasmanian Aboriginal people, and which is, yeah, really, really cool, really um, good to see. And it's just an interesting thing where... We're evolving in the stories that we tell in Australia, and how and how we pay respect to the traditional owners of the land. Back when they started, nobody would have even thought twice about that. Whereas now, that that storytelling and acknowledging the uh, traditional owners is yeah becoming a much more important integral part of how branding is created. It is super important in two ways. One, the storytelling absolutely um, is absolute key to building a brand to building a sort of rapport with your customers and a point of difference mm. um but it, on the other side of the coin like uh, as much as uh, henry hellier is a bit of a uh, a hero and a, and, a, and a role model for me i think he's you know really brave really um exciting like i suppose it can also represent that sort of um european col- mm. colonization of mm. of the wild like he's, he's going through he's taming the wild he's building this road um which is sort of uh, at odds with the the Palawa sort of um, uh, way with the land, like he's he's yeah. cutting through it instead. So there, there's two different um, ways to approach this. So it's good that you can acknowledge both with your labour. Yeah, and exactly like Henry Hellier was shoving his road through land that peoples had already been existing on for thousands of years. Mm. Yeah, so it's as I said, I th- I think this is a much more broad Australian conversation that's happening. Yeah, well. People, if you happen to come by Bernie, come say hello to us yeah, first. Yeah, do that. But then let's... Well, let's meet at Hellier's let, Road. Yeah, let's go meet up at Hellier's Road. Yeah. We, let's chat over a, a bottle of... Um, a new bottle of Hellier's Road yeah. whiskey and see what people think. Yeah, between, between you know, the bunch of us, we can afford a bottle of Voyager. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if we all pull our, pull our coins. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will reserve our uh, full judgment, our philosophical judgment on yeah. Hellier's Road for another day. But yeah, just interested to update you guys on where they're going for the moment. And if if you've seen their new branding, please let us know what you think. Um, we'd be really interested to know. I think we both like the new stuff. The I think new it's, bottle. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I think it's modern. I think it's what it needs to be. Mm. But maybe some of you out there are like, nah, no. bring back the dog. Bring back the dog. <laughs> yeah. And they've got the new logo on the top as well. Yes, which. Uh, Actually, you know what it looks like, dude? Mm. I've just thought of it then. Yeah. So, you know Pac-Man? You've heard of Pac-Man? I have. I've played Pac-Man, yeah. Yes. Pac-Man um, video games are good. You Have you guys out there heard of Pac-Man? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a pretty niche thing. Uh, our demographics tell us most of our listeners will have played Pac-Man at one stage <laughs> or another. Yes. Anyway, you know when Pac-Man gets like killed by the ghosts? Oh, yeah, yeah. Inevitably happens. Inevitably happens. And like Pac-Man, normally his mouth goes, womp, 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 womp. <laughs> but when how, he gets how killed- How does it go, Ted? Womp, 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 womp. Waka, waka. No, it's not like, waka, 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 waka. That's the one. <laughs> when he gets killed, like his entire body from his mouth does a like a 360 
or a 180 on both sides revolve around and kind of disappears. <laughs> so they're saying the new Australian label is Pac-Man close to death. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's Pac-Man just starting to uh, to go into his death spasms. <laughs> the Whiskey. All right. Nick told me we had to be succinct. So I liked this whiskey. That is all. Okay, right. Yeah. Oh, three stars. Good. Three stars. Good. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, what, what is the whiskey again that we're reviewing? All right, so this one is the double cast. Okay, now, double cast. Putting it out there at the very start, uninspiring name. Yep, hundred percent. But any any cask, there's many double casks out in the world, I think, and they're all uninspiring. Mm, but you're not allowed that. to call it double wood. No, no, no. no. Balvaney will come around and break your kneecaps with a with a caver. So it's American oak matured. Yep. Then finished in French oak, 2020 vintage Pinot Noir casks. From the Coal River Valley, Tasmania. So the Pinot is back. We mentioned that the Pinot Noir finish uh, release from Hellage was gone, but it lives on in the double cask. Yeah, and this we were actually told an interesting thing about this. So the the original Pinot cask finish was aged for what about? Well, the original it, one it, about it, eleven it, years. Yeah, it depends. It depends on which version you get because there was yeah an original one that was about eleven years. Eleven was, years in American oak that did start creeping down over time. Yeah, I think um, it ended up about seven years maybe. Yeah, but it was always finished for six months in a Pinot Noir barrel mm. of some sort from around Tasmania, and it always had this very specific flavour as well. It was it, it was that Corhelis Road flavour, but then. It had this extra thing to it. Mm. But I, almost that extra thing became so synonymous with Helly's mm. Road. That Pinot cask was so famously associated with Helly's Road. And I think I think it's a fair statement that it got worse in quality mm. over the, its life. The very first one I ever had was my favorite Helly's Road. And then almost by the, the time that it was... Well, it's only recently been retired, mm. but I suppose I retired in my own mind a couple of years ago. And I was almost like, no, this is a cliche of itself now. Yeah. I just I just didn't think it was. They were pioneers of the red wine casking scene. Yeah. But yeah, over the years, they they put more attention into other things like the uh, the 12-year-old... The age statements. They let yeah. the old stuff go to the age statements, mm. which is fair enough because the, the Pinot Noir finish was never an age statement. And then, and then you had the original cast there. It was just like... The original. Please! Let me die. <laughs> yeah, no, the original was, was never a favourite either. I think that there was something there. There was an iconic Hellish Road thing there, mm. but they just didn't give it the, what it deserved. But they've brought it back in the double cask format. So I mentioned there's an interesting thing here. So the, as Nick said, the original uh, version was six months. From what we've been told, this actually properly ages a portion of the whiskey in the Pinot. Mm. So it's it's in there for what? Find out about five years or something? Maybe? Yeah, five to six years in an initial American oak. But then it's been at least two years, two years there, yeah. in French oak Pinot. Mm. Um, and some of the, like, this is the very first one they've done. And I think they've still got barrels aging with Pinot Noir casks that they're using from Frogmore Creek. Mm. Down south, I think there's a bit of a relationship there between Hellers and Frogmore now. So, so tell us about Frogmore. Uh, so, Frogmore from the Coal River Valley. Um, so, just between Richmond and Cambridge, um, really convenient spot. Um, they have a fairly well-known distillery based in 
essentially one of their back sheds. Mm. <laughs> um, the home of Lark is right next door to, to Frogmore Creek. Um, so Lark and Frogmore have always had this relationship as well, but Lark have never really leaned into the wine casking, unless it's a Christmas cask. Mm. Um, whereas uh, Hellers Road, they've always had this, yeah, wine finished sort of thing. But I, I think this is more than finished now. And they've not called it finished. They've called no. it double oak or double cask. Double cask. But not double wood. Percentage is 46.2. Yep. They're all for 46.2. Mm. Well, not the um, not the Voyager. That was a no, the Voyager was 57 50, yeah. or so. Uh, but the others were all 46.2. And yeah, that, that has always been around about that sweet spot for Hellas Road. Hellas Road has never released a 40%. No, Drop. good thing too. But it also is just that little bit pricklier, pricklier for some people. Mm. But yeah, not for not for me. It's put hairs on my chest in my very early whiskey drinking days, and they um they've grown into a forest since. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely metaphor for all you guys out there. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, let's let's get past the stats and the mm. words in the bottle. Let's try this stuff. So yes. nose. Mm. Yes, I uh, have one. Do you? Um, yeah, I've got at least one. It's it's a fat nose. Yeah. It's rich. Sorry, it's, that was very rude of me. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I've got, yeah. Uh no, it's the the nose of this whiskey, I shall say, is a it's, it's a rich syrupy sort of thing, but it, it's fruit flavors but in this sort of um funky almost dank fruit flavor sort of way. I think there's a bit of um um um, um like butterscotch lollies, like mm-hmm. Werther's or something. Mm. Werther's original or Werther's copy? Where there's copy, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fat, fruity, funky, funky, dank. I think it's one of the funkier Hellies noses. Like uh, the the previous Pinot finish smelt like a Hellies. It tastes mm. like a Hellies. It just had this sort of fruity character to it. Whereas not as obviously Hellies on the nose. That was something that I found from our tasting today as well, that on all the noses that we smelt of the, of the whiskeys that we tried today, mm. of the new stuff... I was always a bit like, I can't really pick Hellier's here. Like, it, yeah. they, they're all really different. I, did, I found the noses confusing and drawn in lots of different directions. Whereas then getting into the palettes of them all, I was like, oh, yeah, there's there's that bit of Hellier's there to mm. greater or lesser extent. Probably the least in there is the um is the sherry cask. Yeah, sherry's a bit weird. Yeah, the sherry's a bit weird. It's whereas the other three, I did find that Hellier's note. Which, speaking of which, we should have a sip and see if we can find it again. Let's do it. In short, yes, yes, a, a, a million times. Yeah, no, um, it's it's definitely Hellier's Road. There's lots of layers there. Um, it's very much like an ogre. <laughs> but <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, um, it was it was interesting. So. This one, as I said, I was like really a bit confused on the nose. As soon as I tasted it, I just pointed straight at some of the old uh, stock of Pinot on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, that's that's the Pinot cup. Yep. I, I picked that flavor straight away. Yeah, Dead Ringer 4 or uh, Augmented? Uh, augmented. Mm. It's 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 got a prosthetic member. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. Um, it's It's... It reminds me of the sort of strawberry character that you expect it's going to be like a sweet strawberry, but then it's end mm. up being like quite a dry, um, grassy sort of strawberry sort of character. It's, it's still got that fat, buttery note to it. Mm. it it's almost mouthfeel more than flavour sometimes with Helios. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's, always, it's always tasted like, yeah, burnished 
copper or something mm. to me. It's, it's just it's it, it it is a thick whiskey, not in a sort of sheen elixir of life sort of way, mm. but it's a um buttery, it's oily, and yeah, this one just has layers of strawberry jam over the top. Mm. Violet crumble or crunchy, mm, maybe crunchy. I'm tossing up between the two. Mm. One of those two Chuck honeycomb, honeycomb. Yep, yep. It's got quite a hot, intense, spicy, rich finish, but it's not like too young hot. It's not like bad alcohol hot. Mm. It's warming, rich. Yeah. I think this is great. Yeah, and this is the cheapest one that we tried today. $120. I think it was probably almost about our favourite as well. Yeah. We we had a sneaky little sneak peek of a port cask, which was quite exceptional. But mm. I, I just think it's, yeah, it's the go-to. I'm happy if this is going to be continued at Hellers Road for, for years to come. Mm. Um, there is chatter of a American Oak, uh, maybe a $100 sort of price range whiskey mm. in the future as well. Um, not being released yet, but that would be just, I suppose, replacing the original. Let's hope it's better. As you said, though, that Pinot character really became synonymous with Hellier's Road there for a long time. And it, it was one of their, the Pinot was one of their really accessible releases as well. And I'm really pleased to see that continuing in this. Yep. There's definite same DNA there. Whether that continues in a few years' time mm. with the new distilling oh, regime. Again. But yeah, this this is good. Yeah, I, I mean, you and I might be slightly biased as well. So I think it's time that we got our village together to mm. sort of dissect this. And the good news is all our Patreons are receiving a dram of the Hellas Road Double Cask this month. Indeed, they will be. We'll and be we always it. say this, like, you know, let us know what you think of the whiskey when you get it. But I don't think anyone ever does. So <laughs> this <laughs> month, do it. Patreons, come and put a comment on our post. Send us a carrier pigeon or give it to Jake's cat. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the good news is, the good news is, Heather's Road is a safe place for Jake's cat. Yes. Because they got rid of the dog. <laughs> yeah. The dog is dead. Mm. Long live Jake's cat. Long live Jake's cat. Um, uh, all right. Stars. Stars, I think it's a solid three. It's I don't a three, think, isn't it? I don't think it pops up into the fours. No. I definitely don't think it's a two, but it... It's a pleasingly good three because you could be worried that they're doing new things, they're me- messing around with the Hellier's Road recipe. Some people would say, well, that's a g- really good thing. Other people are diehard fans. Mm. We we heard tell of, <laughs> we heard stories about um, today about uh, diehard Hellier's Road fans panicking because they'd seen all the new releases mm. and bottles and ringing up and saying, like, I need to get my hands on a, 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 select, a, a, cask. Like a select cask or a whatever, whatever, whatever. And they're like, oh, no, sorry, you can't. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, look, I am pretty positive about this. Yeah, I've seen enough to be excited about the yeah. future. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it looks like it is in safe hands. Um, obviously, there's changes to come, so only the future will tell exactly how safe. But for the time being, I'm, I'm positive too. Yep. You know the really funny thing? Mm. Um, the first six seconds of this review were pretty much exactly what happened. It's good, three stars. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we do it? Why do we do it? Why do we waffle? Ah, uh, because the people love the waffle. Uh, I hope they do anyway. Just Mac Daddy loves it. Fixed it. It's all about the input, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, anyway, shall we move on? Whiskey, would you rather? You know you've got a good one if you don't know what your answer is going to be until you've asked it. Okay, okay. But I'm going to throw it out. It's it's very um, silly, hypothetical, inconsequential fluff piece, but we'll go with it anyway. 
I don't mind a bit of that. Yeah, I know. Whiskey would you rather? Only ever be able to drink whiskey before 7.30pm or after 7.30pm? And before and after I'm determined by like when you go to sleep. So after 7.30 means like from 7.30pm through to whenever you get the sack at night. And before 7.30 means whenever you wake up in the morning through to 7.30 that night. Whiskey would you rather? Ooh. Only ever able in your life to drink whiskey in one of those two time zones. Now, see, my initial reaction, just my gut visceral kick was to go with after 7.30. It just it just sort of felt natural mm. to say like after. But then after a couple of seconds, I thought, well... How would you go on distillery tours? <laughs> and then that got me in a, a, a whole world of hurt. Yeah. Ah, but then it was like, well, how would you do podcast recordings <laughs> if you couldn't drink it after 7.30 p.m.? Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what I originally thought was actually an easy one is actually horribly hard. Uh, uh, uh. Um, 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 oh, yeah. No, that is hurty. Ouch. <laughs> I don't think there is a right answer here. They're uh, no, both, they're both like, compromises. Because, yeah, it means like if, if you don't, if you're not able to have it at evening, then you can't have it like a, a nightcap dram or a, mm. a know, dram. whiskey. Whiskey lends itself very well to an evening dram. Sit down. <laughs> but then, as I said, like if you can't have it before 7 30. Mm. I, I can basically never go on a distillery tour again. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll jump Ugh. in with my thing as well because, like I said, I haven't I haven't decided the answer to this either. So I'm 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 throwing myself under the bus as much as I have you. Like so, there are, there are pros and cons. So most people most people out there like whiskey is only something you would drink late at night or after dinner type mm. thing. It's not something that you sort of and and to be fair, even though there's a larger chunk of time. In the um before seven thirty thing, like even even us hardcore whiskey waffle people generally don't start with drinking whiskey at ten thirty in the morning. Like it's a no. it's a thing that happens later in the day. However, we've had some wonderful whiskey drinking experiences, festivals, um, distillery tours, as Ted has said, whiskey tourism, that sort of thing, where you are having these wonderful tastings, and most of the places are only available during the day, um, with the exclusion of like events and things. Having said that, that sort of warming nightcap and that sort of social party i guess atmosphere of, of having a few drams or you know whiskey nights like whiskey nights whiskey night. that oh we... god oh no oh this is this is actually bad mm. and th- there's a part of me that thinks this if i if i'm never allowed to drink whiskey after seven thirty, then it means that i'm rarely gonna be hungover <laughs> True. Just gives you the whole night to recover, and then you know, you know, you get pretty heavy between five thirty and, well, you know, between five o'clock and seven. It would be, be the six o'clock swill. <laughs> yeah, it really would be. But you know, um, the the length of a whiskey night for us is usually in that sort of two and a half, three hour sort of mark. So you go pretty crazy between mm-hmm. five thirty and seven thirty, and then generally you have that buzz that lasts you for a while. You the, the, you think like you need. To stop drinking, but because you know you're in this high, you generally keep having more drams, and that's when you get hungover. You know, if you're forced to stop through this stupid hypothetical situation, then um, you'd be like, "Oh, ready for bed now," and you wake up feeling fresh as a daisy. But whiskey nights are such an iconic part of whiskey drinking, so 
have, <sighs> have I come up with the hardest whiskey would you rather? I, I think like- this one, I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely, genuinely struggling with this one because I, I keep going like, I, I don't want to have to give up going to distilleries because that's really fun and important thing that we do but then but i i don't want to give up doing whiskey nights mm. that's a really important fun thing i don't want to like give up doing like these recording sessions like mm. we do because we basically don't have time to do them during the day yeah and having a dram at night is great but then also sometimes you want a dram during the day dude yeah, I've I've broken him. I've broken him. Ladies I think I think have I broken? Have you broken you though as well? I think I've got an answer. Oh, I think I've got an answer. I just okay. Whiskey nights, having a, a dram with you at night, having these sessions is probably more important to me. So therefore, I'm going to go after seven thirty. But I'm also partly regretting that as well. But I I've got to come down on one side. And so I'm going to go after 7.30. Mm-hmm. That was my gut initial reaction until yeah. I realized how <laughs> monumentally mind-wrecking this one was. You're going to miss out on wonderful stuff either way. And what I had to do is just think of like, in my current life, my busy life that I lead, um, when is the times that I'm able to drink whiskey? And it's predominantly is those after 7.30 times. What I'm giving away is I've had some wonderful, fun days where you, you go to these whiskey festivals mm. and done awesome stuff like that. But they're they're the special thing rather than the norm. So at least the norm can continue and, you, and then you miss out on the special thing. I've always had this sort of thought in my mind and like this is probably, I don't know, just pigeonholing things. But the way that I've thought about drinking alcohol in general, beers for before dinner, wine is for with dinner, whiskey is for after dinner. And I know that there are, like, you know, different circumstances that demand completely different things. But, you know, Thursday afternoon, finished work, it's not quite dinner yet. Sink a few beers. Wine, I think, is the best food pairing alcohol by far. And then drams after dinner. Like, yeah, I think you you can continue that sort of balance if you're allowed to do things that way. But mm. you're just giving away every whiskey event and every distillery tour. Oh, man. Yeah. That was brutal, dude. Oh, sorry, I didn't man. like that one. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's hypothetical. Calm down. It's all right. It's like, our, uh, our, curf- so- our curfew has not yeah. begun. Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry. We're bound by a magical hypothetical. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, anyway. Oh, well done, dude. That was <laughs> that was an epic one. Mm. And uh, yeah, really keen. Like, we took ages to come up with an answer. So I'm sure everyone at home had to come up with their own in that time too. So let us know which way you, which side of the fence you fell. Well, this brings us towards the end of our episode, and uh, we've got some more Hellers Red in the Glass to finish things off. We do. This is the 15-year-old Slightly Peated. Definitely Slightly, not Lightly. Slightly. Because Lightly makes so much more sense, but mm. I think, yeah, Hellers Red <laughs> came up with Slightly Peated, and <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more quaint, I yep. think. But the interesting thing is, like, on the nose, it smells more Hellers Roady than that double cask, even mm. though... There's a, a slight a bit of peat in there. Yeah. Um, but I just think it does smell like classic Hellies. 100%. Well, that was an unintentional work. That was an... Uh. What was it, Ted? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, that's right. I can't blame the ulcer anymore. Yeah. All of my stumbling of words yeah. is completely alcohol-related now. Well, that was an... <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that what was, was an was unintentional but interesting episode about Hellier's Road. Because, yeah, as we said before, we weren't actually meaning to do Hellier's for this episode. It just yeah. came up organically. Yeah, well, this is it. I, and it was almost because of circumstance. Like, I, I ended up having a day off-ish. Mm. And, yeah, we'd, I'd been seeing this label come out in my emails, this new label. And it's like... Mm. And yeah, Molly had been getting on to me. It's like, you have to come in and check out the new label. It's like, yep, all right, I'm going to come and see you and I'm going to get you to pour me some Hellers Road. And it's just, I, I, yeah, reignited my interest. And I've mm. always been slightly biased because it, it is the local, but I, I've also been one of those people that has never been like, when people have been putting down Hellers Road, I'm like, have you tried some of their age statement releases? Because they can create some really good stuff. Don't get put off by the original. Don't get put off by their half-hearted, Pino casks that yeah when they drop the ball with them like uh, there's a lot of good happening as well as some deserved not so good stuff mm. yeah um it will be interesting to see where they go from here we will probably have to revisit them maybe in another i don't know 40 episodes <laughs> something like that and we'll we'll get philosophical on their asses <laughs> yeah are they going to become evil corporates like Lark? Mm. Or are they going to rise above? Yeah, and- well, you never know with like businesses like that because they've always been a big boy mm. or or girl or non-gender-specific pronoun. Yeah. Um, but they have been a heavyweight in terms of uh, the backing that they have. Maybe that's a, that's a difference. That Helly's Road has always been one that's had a board... It's been a sort of a corporate commercial structure. It's never been a backshed distillery. Whereas Lark has evolved mm. over time, and and maybe and maybe that that that's why it feels different because Lark was like the little guy. Yeah. And now now they're the then bi- a, then a fish came and took a bite, and then another fish came and yeah. took that one, and then there's a big fish that swam around. Whereas whereas Hellier's Road has just always been a whale shark. Yep. <laughs> a, a, just a gentle giant cruising around. Yeah. Doing its own thing. Harmoniously, yeah. Um, and they continue to do so. Things I didn't expect to do today. Compare Hellas Road to a whale shark. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm definitely in favour of their rebrand, though. I, th- I think the bottles look fantastic. Yeah, if nothing else that you get out of this episode, the bottles look good on a shelf. Now. Oh, you know what they need to do? So uh, what we haven't really described is next, next to the main informational label on the front, there's a little appendix on the side. and uh, it, It's a little... Picture. It's a it's a little painting in the in the Hellier's Road style. It's Heli- Henry Hellier, I assume, standing in the forest, looking into the distance. Um, you know what they should do? What's that? They should make it a scratch and sniff. <laughs> a whiskey scratch and sniff. Yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah. You just scratch Henry Henry Hellier and then give him a sniff. <laughs> I'm I'm going out on a limb here because, considering what happened this time. It might, it might break things. But next time, we're going to Scotland. Yeah, it's about time we went back there. We're going to Scotland. We're going to Speyside specifically, and we're going to a, a distillery that some some people don't rate. I'm gonna say it's one. I'm gonna say it's the most underrated distillery yeah. in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. So answers on a postcard, Patreons. Yeah, have have a think about that. Send send us a uh, carrier pigeon, or let Jake's cat know. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. You'll meow us the truth. All right, until next time, uh, keep on waffling. I was Ted. And I was Nick. Uh, And just for Jake's cat, here's one more.
Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Not for, not for me. It's put hairs on my chest in my very early whiskey drinking days and they, um, they've grown into a forest since. <laughs>